Mr. Badling! In honor of the re-release of Avatar this weekend, what is the character name of the antagonist played by Stephen Lang in this 2009 movie? Uh, I'm Katie Rich. I'm a staunch defender of Avatar. I remember him having some kind of dramatic haircut with scars on it, so I'm just going to go with buzz cut. <laughs> uh, I am Matt Patches. I can't really remember his name, but I do remember oh him saying, you get what I need, I'll make sure that you... <laughs> Get home, you get your real legs. Real legs. Your real legs. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure his name is your real uh, legs? Mad Dog Star Guzzler says you can get your, your real Star legs. Guzzler. Your real legs. <laughs> when you get back from Pandora. Hey, it's me, Dave of the Seven, and I, I know he's part of like a military service, so I went with Colonel, and then just generic everything, like I feel like a lot of Avatar was. So I'm going to go with Colonel Gruff Jones. Mmm. I'm is David, David. going to come in with the real name? Yes, I, of course I know the real name. This is insulting. It's so insulting to Jurassic World Eyes Avatar. Uh, just play the whole, like, we don't know any of the characters' names game. It's it's Quaritch is his name. Uh, uh, it is course. Colonel, though, right? Colonel, General, Lieutenant. I don't know. I He's think, a whole I fucking Colonel, different creature right in about Colonel. Yeah, um, give, me, give me some credit for Colonel. <laughs> Colonel, Colonel Korich. Uh, I think Colonel Korich just sounds better than Lieutenant or General Korich or whatever, which is probably yeah. the reason for it. But uh, a, a huge insult this segment is to James Cameron and Avatar. Um, you know, you some know of you I, need you to know go I back do not to tolerate I made Titanic. James Cameron. I bought this building that we're in right now. <laughs> Man, I really wanted to go to the press screenings for the new high frame rate restored Avatar just for like 15 minutes just to poke my head in and see if the high frame rate is truly, if the technology that they're using for that has truly been evolved from where it was uh, back in the Hobbit, Hobbit. days. Um, but cause I really don't want to be socked with it when I go and see Avatar two and want to focus on everything else the movie's doing, but I didn't have is a chance. Is it going to be a high frame rate everywhere? Like uh, I, no, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not committing myself to this, but I'm currently planning to go to the Avatar re-release and I don't know if it'll be in high frame. Uh, I just, I'll, I just want to hear your report back when, when you do. I'm planning um, to take Charlie, so he's the one you really want to hear from. And I want your well, Charlie legs. has much less basis for comparison. So no offense <laughs> to Charlie, <laughs> who is one of our nation's finest film critics, but uh, I think I'm more interested in what his mom has to say about this one. But I, I am curious. I wanted to see it just for a couple minutes, but it wasn't worth the trek up to 68th Street for popping in. Anyway, uh, and I remember that movie so, so well, including the name of its primary antagonist. Lightning well Round. He's the best of us. <laughs> This is us saying to Patches, you're trying to organize this show? <laughs> Shut up. It's never going to happen. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good. Then, well then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room. It's episode 407. It's Pandemic 131. It is the week of Wednesday, September 21st. That's the day that in 1897, the Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus editorial ran in the New York Sun. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a weird... In September. Season? What a weird time to do that. Get the uh, also, it's, se- early. it's September 21st. You have to cue Earth, Wind, and Fire as is uh, internet law. Oh, that is true. That would have been much better. I also have a correction... That it was emailed to us at fitwr.podcast at gmail.com. Oh, where people uh, can reach us. A, where people can reach mm. us. 
where a man named Martin wrote in and said, Vienna has a film festival. It's called the Viennale. Viennale. It takes place in October. I lived in Vienna for a while in the 90s and have a lot of great memories of attending the Viennale. That was from... I'm pretty sure... That's not a correction. No, he's he's just confused. I think we did allow for there to be a Viennale festival. We agreed. He used to live in Venice. He's thinking of the Viennale. He's very drunk. Um... And uh, it's it's sad to hear people mistaking the facts of their own life like that. Uh, the Viennale happening this year, uh, October twentieth to uh, November first. Live so show maybe at not the a correction, Viennale. But, yeah, let's let's, let's do it. If you have connections, oh, man, Martin. There's man. a poster for the Viennale that rules. Oh my god. It's like I a, love hearing about posters uh, on the audio medium of podcasts. Scre- I'm just want everyone to Google Viennale. Yeah, I was shy for it. going It's like a long. screaming badger wearing like a blue and white polka dot. <laughs> okay, suit. All, right, all right, now I'm clicking the link. I was shy for going long. It's really cool. The lightning round section, and this, this is no segment. And patches <laughs> is going on about screaming well, rodents. David, I mean, do we I, have uh, reviews from the lion. podcast app that we uh, actually we have, help, helps us, Dave? Yeah, let me tell you something. Is it we about have, uh, Star Wars: Galaxy of Heroes? Job it is not. Reveal? All right. We have not one review, not two reviews. Are you eating something? Maybe <laughs> not three reviews, <laughs> not four reviews. We have seven reviews. What? Holy oh my God. shit! Oh we my can't God. read them all now. We can spread bang, this bang, out over bang, weeks. Bang. Uh, that's what happens. You get the Joanne Robinson bump, apparently. Wow. Um, and one of these, and one I can see from just the the little. A teaser text here that one of the rave reviews we have is is uh, very much inspired by Joanna Robinson, as I'm sure we all are. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll read a couple of these and then we'll read some more next week because I'm not expecting another batch of seven reviews. The first one is pretty long, so I'll go through this one. We'll do maybe one or two more, and then we'll go on with the show. But we haven't done this in a minute. We it's been it's been it's um, true. It's, it's been a our, while our, since we've all been here. Our, it's been a while. Our system has been out of whack. Um, is it stained? Yeah, it it's is. been a while since uh, I've gone wow. and fucked things up. Just Leave like I always do. Um, okie dokie. This is from <laughs> SJM. This is SJ McKellen 618. Uh, it's from yeah, okay. social justice McKellen. Or, okay. Um, <laughs> pleasantly unsurprised, they say. I'm a fairly recent listener to the podcast. I haven't taken my sweet time to get into podcasts at all. The pandemic really heightened my need quotes, for them. Oh, wow. Yes, uh, especially because I had moved to a new place right before it started. I needed some humanity and conversation with the increasingly silent and monochrome world I was experiencing. Holy shit. And my options, yeah, I think they put is in the black, and, the black and white version of this the metal and chrome state. version of Furio <laughs> um, of their own life. Um, and my options for the real life version of those things were extremely slim. And thus my full blown spelunking adventure into the cave of podcasts began. Whoa. Wow. Uh, however, evocative. my story, or at least my connection to this podcast be- began long before the pandemic created an itch. I never knew I had to listen to a bunch of strangers whose opinions I respect discuss said opinions in a super delightful way. I was very suddenly broken up with by a long term live in partner. Oh. Wait. Uh, I had expected to marry oy, oy, oy. in 2018, around the same time that David Ehrlich's 2018 in review video came out. I had seen and enjoyed 2017's video once before, but something about the timing of the 2018 video and the drop and the absolute rhythm and musicality of those videos in general spoke to me and gave me an unusual amount of solace in one of the worst times of my life. 
Uh, seems silly. I'm usually the one causing the worst times in people's lives. This is mm-hmm. a rare turn of events. Seems silly, but in the brokenhearted time, anything that could make things a little bit easier to live wasn't something I was going to scoff at or question too hard. It just felt cool to watch someone create something I hadn't really seen before that also intrigued me into seeing so many movies I might have otherwise put off, prime examples being Madeline's Madeline, The Duke of Burgundy, and The Fits. Watching the videos after having seen some of the movies made it feel like I was part of some inside joke when I could see why certain scenes in the music's overlay that accompanied them matched up as well as they did. Fast forwarding to the pandemic, it was hearing Katie discuss about time and play the indistinguishable British white boy game on this head Oscar <laughs> buzz. I, a sidebar, uh, I ran into Joe Reed at Toronto and told him to his face that he will not love the, uh, he'll not love Empire of Light. So an easy $20 <laughs> that, we can, that we can spare. We can split, Katie. You can take 10, I'll take 10. Um, no one can love that movie. Even though Richard Lawson seemed to come shockingly Richard Lawson close. loved that movie. Wow. That's true. Bizarre. We'll get there. We're talking about Oscar. Uh, and David defending a movie I've always defended, The Village on Blank Check, that steered me to you guys. Mostly Katie, since she remembered to plug the podcast. Ha. Wow. Burn. Ha, ha. Um, proof. Proof. I, I loved Katie's <laughs> sense of humor. I was happy to hear David was just as clever and incisive as his videos had led me to believe. And then to discover that on top of all that, Dave Seven and Matt are also just as smart and funny and passionate as Katie and David. Phew. We would say as smart yeah. and funny and passionate. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would say more. I would say more. I would say more. would be fine with that. <laughs> I, 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 to a be, little more. Well, they're mildly. Uh, was whatever the best version of a cherry on top is. I don't like cherries on top of things. I'm with you. I don't like cherries anywhere, really. I don't like Consider cherries. me maybe like cherry flavor in like a cough drop. Ludens. Ludens for life. Ew. You prefer the Whatever. fake cherry in a in a hood. Shut you're not Cough even up? as funny and passionate as Katie and David. Shut up. <laughs> Consider me pleasantly unsurprised at how much I enjoy listening to you all. All this is to say, thank you so so much for what you do. And by what by that, I mean posting your podcast on Thursdays and everything else too, of course, grateful mean it. What a lovely review. I really review. do hope that this person's life has rebounded beyond just listening to our podcast. I hope uh, it's after... rebounded from your super cuts of Andy. Yeah, movies. sure. Um, but also from that breakup, which sounds like a nightmare. But uh... I love the thank you for posting on Thursdays when at the beginning of every week I say it's Wednesday, whatever day, whatever day it is. Don't worry about um, when it when actually comes post? out. That becomes, that becomes dependent on whatever Dave's doing. What is time? What is time? It doesn't matter. Uh, all right. We uh, have, well, I'll just blaze through one more because uh, we have a show to do. The best podcast ever. That is going too far. Uh, this is from John oh. Christian Plummer. No, it is. We haven't created one from prison, recently, I don't think. I have just, <laughs> um, I, we're releasing this sure. episode the same week that Serial gets its victory lap for freeing Adnan, Adnan Saeed. But uh, no, this is the best po- This is the best podcast ever. Come on, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm well, just waiting for his, his extra podcast <laughs> well, episode of if, if I did it. <laughs> This is how I heard it. <laughs> um, the best podcast ever. I've just recently started listening to this podcast. Me and my dad listen to it together and laugh. I always love the sidebar when our listeners tell us about listening to the podcast routinely with other people in their lives. That's mm-hmm. very nice. Um, listening to the podcast with him is one of the best parts of my day. So I thank you all. It's fun to listen to you all discuss movies and sometimes TV. It's always fun to see what you will discuss. David is my favorite critic, and I love to read his reviews. The friendship you all have is amazing. You have the best podcast ever. Keep up the good wow. work. James Plummer, love that you signed wow, this review. I can't disagree. Love all the kind words. Uh, I Shout out to your dad. I uh, hope yeah, you guys are together listening to this so right now. Words. We're with you in spirit. We have, uh, if my math is correct, uh, five more reviews to read. We will bank for future episodes, but please don't let that stop you from leaving a new one we will get to them all 
uh, go on Fighting in the War Room on iTunes, leave us a review, or if you are out of the country and don't have access to the American iTunes store, Dave, where can they email us? You can email us at fitwr.podcast.gmail.com. We also have a review email, but we're going to bank them all and save you guys from hearing about Jabba's very interesting kit in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Oh, I want Jabba's getting into it? Okay, I want to hear. Did you say air. kitten? Kit. Kit. Oh, okay. All right. I'm less interested. You the calling man, you send you up. Reason calling 9920. All right. I want to be clear before the segment starts that I am not the reason it's happening. David wanted to talk about festivals and Oscar movies. Yeah, um, I'm, I've been Oscar pilled just for this week. It won't last. <laughs> well, also, you have seen all of these movies. And because I was not able to make it to Toronto at the last minute, uh, I have not. So I have been talking about them a Little Gold Men. I know there are people who listen to both this show and Little Gold Men. And so apologies. Too bad. That's your talk fault. About a lot yeah. of the same apologies stuff. to anyone who listens to Little Gold Men. We know this is better. But... That's true. I know. It's a, a great <laughs> sacrifice. Um, I mean, but that's we're not talk the best about, podcast uh, ever. There can only be one. We're going to talk about Oscar-y movies and um, and throw some money on the table. I want us to put yeah. uh, put our money, literal money, where our mouth is. No one's going bankrupt. And I want I want everyone to place some bets on what they what they see as a strong what contender. We going Five dollars is a uh, yeah. The everyone picks something. So how right? So who who makes bets on a regular basis? So if you're right, do the rest of us have to pay you five dollars a piece? No, wait. How are we? I mean, we don't even know what we're betting on. Okay. Uh, here's what I think we should. Here's what. You you decide what we bet. We're gonna come up with this live on the podcast. But I told you guys before the podcast that I think we should be picking best picture, director, the act, and the actor category. So four other categories. Right. So that means there's so, six categories. Do you think there should be a bet for each one? And it's like a total. Okay, I'm just gonna lay this down. Someone and you gets say points. Yes or no? Okay. If I if if the Fableman wins best picture, I want ten dollars from all of you. What? The, no, wow. this is not how That's it works. Too much. We might be guessing the same movies. Not like you can't. Don't, don't well, steamroll the party. See, I thought we all should put money on. I, I only want to put money on one prediction. Oh, that also like, goes feel... for the listeners. $10. Venmo me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will pay you. Uh, all right. You want to just do one pick? I was just going to pick the, like, the one thing that I feel confident enough about that I'm just like, yeah, I'll pick... pay you each $5. <laughs> you want to do one category, the one you feel the most confident about, and then put money on that? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. I feel like everyone should like pick something and be like, here's the thing that I'm willing to put money down. And if you only want to put two dollars down, uh, I think that's so okay. Who else who else wants to join me? In, and I, I think at this point, you know, in the Oscar season, it was very early and obviously anything could change, but there is a, a favorite is at the moment. Early? Yeah, whatever. It's I mean, like Fableman's is the odds on favorite. I'm at, not making any sort of out of the box uh, predictions by by picking that. I think that uh, you know, you can take the Fableman's or any other movie. So I think those are even odds um, and that you, you know, wow. And wow. So that's, that's I'll take the bet. that bet. I'll take the, I'll, okay. I'll bet against you with Fableman's and any other movie winning best picture for a bet. So parlay, if, if, parlay, if, uncut gems. Okay. So wait, is it just you two in this one? Like, I don't know if I want to be involved in this. <laughs> we got to get There's a like, duel if, on the call. If, if Fableman's wins best picture, you pay David $10. No, no, anything what, else, David pays you $10. Here's what we should yes. do. Yes. We should do the categories Patches was talking about. Picture, director, okay. best actor, best actress. I got my list. Yeah. So are we just doing an Oscar pool here? Uh, is this what's happening? Yeah. 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 Whoever I, I, gets I, the I, most. Also, 
We're going just for context. Just just for context. The Fablemans is Steven Spielberg's new movie. It is the film about his uh, his childhood, his coming of auteurism. Really, it's it's about his formative years. It's You're about, saying there's a director at this point in his career who's looking back and making a movie. I know it's unheard childhood. of. I've never heard of it. It is before. unheard of, um, and doing it in in truly the most explicit terms. Uh, but I also, as much as Oscar Catnip as that sounds, I also want to cushion that by saying one, as Katie Rich is well aware, Steven Spielberg does not have the kind of hardware that you might expect uh, from mm-hmm. the Academy over the course of his career. I think that actually works in his favor, but. I also want to say the movie is not quite the overpowering emotional slam dunk that it's Belfastian trailer would suggest. It is a, I'm not even talking about the quality of the film. I'm simply just talking about what it is, uh, which is sort of a a lower key rambling two hour, two and a half hour um, uh, movie that's sort of all over the place and uh, covers a lot of ground. And it's not really building up this big emotional Climax, although it has a really wonderful last scene, but uh, it, it isn't quite the the Oscar slam dunk that we'll its pedigree it might suggest. Eventually, We're right, so I'm, I'm just I'm just yeah. saying I'm just saying I'm putting a little bit of I'm sticking my neck out a little bit just because okay, I thought are interesting. I, I you want us to applaud through, you for be, making a dare. It is it is the front runner, as I said, and yet at the same time, I don't <laughs> believe that it's like a runaway prohibited favorite. But I well, have I think the reason through it's, it's, the other eligible titles, most of which I've seen, and I don't see any of those films winning. And so I am more inclined to put my chips behind the table. I think the reason you're sticking your neck out, too, is that in general, as something that's the front runner at this point, the season doesn't win as well evidenced by Belfast. Yeah, my problem, my problem is that one year I got it right in my life ever, which was Spotlight. I called in September and uh, wow. has given me a false sense of power that has proven me wrong every single fall ever since. That wasn't um, an easy one to call. No, but uh, that's all the more reason why I've been high on my own supply. But I've been like horrendously wrong as most pundits have been i mean i, did, I mean last year I did everyone call, was wrong no one called coda i did call last minute several weeks before the oscars that parasite was going to win but only weeks not in september um yeah, no. i was able to read the, the tea leaves what on that kind, one, what but, is this segment is this david anyway. victory lab time i thought we were right. laying down our <laughs> predictions let's patch us okay, pick so, a best so, picture hey, pick so, a best picture all right so dave dave has picked our format which is that we're all putting down like oscar pool bets on these top five categories no four categories four categories Okay. Are you point, writing these down, Dave? I'm writing them down against any okay. bet you come out with. So let's go. No, you gotta, well, you know, pick, you gotta pick your own. You gotta, you gotta pick gotta, a title. You gotta get the most right. That's we're pooling okay. it. That Be a way. man, patches. Make I a choice. A I have a list go. of things. Go Tell for it, patches. Them off. Picture. Go. Go. Patches. No, no, no. Yeah, dude. Just do, do picture. Blah. Just do picture patches. Okay. Uh, I knew Dave was gonna pick patches. So I didn't want to pick Fable, and I actually think Spielberg's gonna win director Fable, but I think Top Gun Maverick. Wow! I just feel that would be a deeply satisfying coda to you eating the shoe. I feel like the momentum is there. I feel like people will you eat another shoe if it doesn't win Best Picture? Oh man, no, no! If it doesn't win, it would have to win the Best Picture to get another shoe. No, I just, I don't know. The 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 momentum of the movie is so palpable. People love it. Every type of person, as my neighbor who does not see movies, has seen Top Gun Maverick. Everyone loves Top Gun Maverick, and everyone wants to give best picture to like that kind of movie that unifies countries uh i went when i went to see woman king which we'll talk about uh i the guy the guy taking tickets was like man everyone's here to see woman king or top gun top gun's been on you can rent it at home for like a month and people were still (laughs) going to see that in theaters that is that's something amazing uh katie what are you picking for best picture 
All right, I'm going with a, yeah, as I said, I haven't seen anything, but no one has seen this one. I'm just going to do the sight unseen thing and say Babylon. Oh, Amanda really? Damien Chazelle hasn't won Did Best Picture, even though people think he has. Yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, Babylon does look awesome, does but look I awesome. have a feeling that it is going to be way too over the top for the Academy. Uh, yeah, I mean, as someone who went fell hard for First Man and then yelled at everyone who didn't like it, which was everyone, um, I understand the uh, the risk I'm taking here, but why not? Babylon. Oof. Well, that leaves me with some interesting choices. I could fall in line with somebody, or I could pick one of the outliers. There's a lot of good movies that are still outliers. I just don't think any of them have great chances. But that's fine. I'm going to go... I'm going to be happy if this just gets a nomination, but I'm going to throw it in the conversation. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Grow some legs. Sure! Yeah, that's going to be nominated. Anymore. It just feels like all these festival movies are kind of landing with a... Eh. Method. Method. I mean, I always—that's how I always feel. As somebody who doesn't go to festivals from the outside every year, and I'm always oh, wow. wrong because <laughs> I'm always just uh, like, surely this would be a bigger deal. But what happened is, I got used to this when we were all living in the same city and like going out with each other like once a week in person, and so my world was sort of more this. And now it's sort of like, hey, I hope I see these movies. I'm reading some reviews. Can you trust David Ehrlich or Richard Lawson? I don't know. <laughs> Respect them both. Um, David, director, yeah. best director. And this, this I truly don't know. Director is at this time of year. Bardo. Very unpredictable. <laughs> this I is think, hard. I think that it's not going to be Bardo. I do think that Katie's prediction about Spielberg. Was it Katie who said that Spielberg for director or was that Patches? Yes. No, Patches did. Uh, oh, Patches, yeah, I mean, sorry. unfortunately, I have to say that uh, it's sort of like a failsafe because I think it's unlikely Fablemans would win both. But in the event they just want to honor Spielberg because the movie essentially is just Spielberg. Uh, that's that's that, my thinking. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, uh, but yeah, I think I have to go with Spielberg for that as well. I do think it's unlikely he'll win both, but I have to cover my bases if we're doing a point system here and go with what I think is going to be the most likely winner. So I think it's less of a risk in Best Director than it is for Best Picture. Interesting. Katie. Spielberg has two Best Director statues and only one Best Picture. I mean, here's my thinking on Spielberg. Like, the this category has gone for scale yeah. so much more often in the last yeah. few years, which is why Inyuritu has two of them. But as I'm looking through this, like, scale, all we're really seeing ahead of us is Babylon and then Avatar and Wakanda Forever, which Kaczynski. are question marks. Uh, I don't That's think Joshua Kaczynski. Right? I don't think he'll break through. No, I was thinking about um, uh, Babylon. Like, could Damien Chazelle do yes. the director, but no Best Picture thing again? Yeah, that seems crazy. I know. He could, that, but like that, the the picture director split has happened a lot in the past couple of years. It happened last year with Power of the Dog and Coda. Oh yeah, of um, course. So that's entirely but it's already possible. happened to I, him, and in the worst moment I mean, ever for him. <laughs> I'm sitting here for a minute thinking about Baz Luhrmann and Elvis. Oh, <laughs> and like, shit. that uh, movie's that, got scale, but I don't think that Austin I'm willing Butler to go down that Austin Butler is the only person breaking through with Elvis, right? I hope so. That is sort of like the, the snake white. in the grass, the thing in waiting. It's, it's, I'm worried <laughs> about that movie. You're worried about Elvis? Yeah, yeah, as someone who was so on the wrong side of history by hating Elvis, David, you really... I was on the right... Uh, I mean, I was on the right side of, like taste um, i mean that movie is dog shit but uh i'm certainly not changed my opinion about that but i i also never predicted that it wouldn't be a big hit that would be nominated for best picture so um i i don't feel like i was on the wrong side of history in that sense 
Yeah, I'm just, I'm having a really hard time because um, because I don't see Damien Chazelle winning like Best Director twice in um two years. All right, you know what? I'm gonna say Sarah Polly for Women Talking because that's who I want to win for not having seen her movie at all. Uh, I recognize that it's not a directory movie and it's all in one room. I'm gonna say yeah, it anyway. That's, that's, no that's way in hell. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't I, seen I, it either. But come I on, I have now. seen and greatly admired that movie, but of all the prizes it could stand to win, that's not gonna be one of them. She's probably gonna win screenplay, but we're not predicting. We that are one. forgetting a uh, certain Jimmy C. You know, oh, I, thought, I'm, I'm listen, not, I thought about saying my friend Jimmy C. I don't, uh, I'm, I'm, pardon. I'm taking I'm James Dave, Cameron for making really? uh, Kate Winslet learn how to hold her breath for that long. No, I, I want to believe, but I feel like it's gonna feel like been there, done that, even if it's so innovative. Even if it's every time, every time James Cameron comes out with a movie, somebody says that, and every yeah. time we're wrong. Look, so I'm, I'm just man. gonna, yeah, no, he didn't I, win. I, he didn't. I don't. I don't think that Avatar two, no matter how good it is. Avatar can probably way of water could probably win best picture but i do think that he didn't win best director right because catherine bigelow won. He did not catherine but he right. won for titanic right right, right. So he's got one. that's a previous century um i i think that stranger things have happened i thought about throwing out ryan coogler but ryan coogler rejected his academy membership so i just don't see really don't see them fall <laughs> yeah he was like i don't want this uh, which is Good completely man. within his Good rights, man. but wow. I don't. I do not see them being like, "We'll give you an Oscar, even it, though you don't want one." Also, if, I don't think we know if that movie's good yet. Yeah, if that movie is spectacular, like if they really make it the sort of human drama That's about animation and morning trailer, uh, trailer. Yeah, I mean, like that Fan movie favorite could, moment. We we you know for all of the uh, the Oscar <laughs> shoe ins that people are giving Avatar, I think the same respect needs to be paid to Black Panther, which was nominated oh, for, for Best sure. Picture as well. So. Yeah, I would um, love it if it was the history of fan favorite moment was Flash enters the Speed Force, Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you ever think about how Ezra Miller has had insane 2022 and was also part of the Oscars? Like, that's just so I don't weird. know if we'd say he's part of the Oscars, but Ezra Miller produced the Oscars, which explains right. a lot. Ezra Miller's was seen more than many of the actual Oscar winners whose awards were okay. given off the year. Top of the order, David best actor okay so this is the easiest one so far um, wow. the next category will be the hardest one but uh, Bre uh brendan fraser is going to win best actor i hated the whale hated i mean <laughs> I one wait. of one of the, the one of the my least favorite films i've seen this year i mean truly excruciating and mostly just boredom um but was also uh really put off by how it handles the subject matter and the story it tells and how it tells it i mean really i think bottom of the barrel shit um but I think the Brendan Fraser narrative is is really strong. Um, I don't think he is not a lock. It's early in the season. I think the movie is so off putting. Um, and uh, well, that's it, what I was wondering: is it going to be too much for people to vote for him? It's not that much. And when I say off putting, I don't is, I don't mean him and the, the body that they give him. I I just mean the the narrative and and the way that it's shot. I mean, it's very. Uh, it, it's the opposite of Requiem for a Dream. I mean, only in the last five minutes would you have any idea this movie was directed by Darren Aronofsky. Um, it's, uh, I've seen a number of stage to screen films recently and none of them have done less with the material. Although I've also not seen any stage to screen adaptations recently that made me think less of what the original material must have been. Um, because I was like, how could this possibly have been a good play? Uh, and I get the sense from a lot of people that it wasn't, but that the author went on to do really uh rich and, and interesting things um and this was just sort of him working working out the kinks working through his own story to a degree and then getting there uh but um 
yeah, I do think that that Brendan Fraser, everyone loves him. He is, I mean, good or bad. I, I don't know what I mean. He's he's as good as I can imagine someone being in this movie. Um, I personally, and with all sincerity, think that he was better in the mummy or you'd be dazzled in blast from the past <laughs> um i i think that obviously our metrics for what constitutes great or challenging acting are all fucked up um and uh this one ticks all the boxes for the oscars wow and it's a weak field i mean like who else is gonna win best actors are real weird weak field well katie guess who gets to chime in next you Best yeah, actor. I mean, I, I, I'm clearly just voting with my heart here in a lot of these cases and just to do something different from David. But I haven't seen The Whale. I'm dreading seeing The Whale for a lot of the reasons that David was talking about. And I do think The Worm is going to turn on that movie. Like, I, just, oh, I thought The I Worm feel like... was going to be another movie. And I was oh, yeah, like, the, Jesus the, the Worm and The Whale. No more. Uh, that's for when we talk Human about Pinocchio centipede. and The Whale. Oh. Um, and yeah, I just I, I think the goodwill for Brendan Fraser is absolutely there. A lot of people I work with think that he is winning just like you do, David. But I feel like the backlash is coming and there to uh, rise to the top of it was going to be Colin Farrell and yeah. Sharon, a movie that people really, really like. Oh, it's a- and Colin Farrell is in a really good, like, bounce up him. period. Right now. Yeah, like- Sharon is fantastic. It is easily the best movie I think that that Martin McDonough has made and that includes in Bruges. Um, I Colin Farrell is wonderful in it. Colin Farrell is often wonderful. I don't think he is many degrees more wonderful in this than he was in after yang or anything else but he's wonderful in all of those movies and i think um if if you know you need to pick total one to an oscar for then total recall of course his masterpiece um <laughs> Wait, I, that's the one with the kid picture that you love patches right? no, that the, is the, robocop the oh my god how is anyone supposed to know the difference <laughs> i do think that katie's absolutely right that the the you know the the wave of i mean the really inexplicable wave of enthusiasm which was mostly reserved for his performance and not the movie at large uh, out of Venice for Brendan Fraser, yeah, yeah, is going to is going to dissipate. I do think the Twitter chatter around this movie is going to be extremely vicious. Uh, I don't around think, the whale. Yes. now. sorry, you around okay. the whale. I'm sorry, but I don't think that that is going to have much of an impact on its uh, Oscar chances. I think that the Twitterverse is a lot smaller and less important than we, yeah. we like to think. Um, and no, as we, everyone we remembers, in the acting categories. Uh, you know, the quality of the movie is typically irrelevant, as we remember from Judy and uh, so many other. The wheel films. has a very, very Judy vibe about yeah. it. And we spent so, that entire season being like, well, something's just going to replace it. Right. And then just nothing ever did. And that's yeah. the whale has Judy vibes. The only, yeah. I just love the that. only thing I can think of is that the whale, because it's so keyed into this character's like suicidal suffering and its misery and screaming people. No, I just think that like (laughs) it, it may, people may be people who sat through Judy, not they all necessarily did in order to vote for uh, Renee Zellweger, but people people who were like, all right, it's just a, it's a a rote biopic. I think some of those people will turn the whale off after a few minutes, um, which may hurt Brendan Fraser's chances. Yeah. But but then they'll look on gold derby and probably just vote for (laughs) maybe so. Amy, Chris I, Rosen. I see yep. where this is going. So, Patches, you're going to choose actor and actress so we can start okay. wrapping this up. Yeah, I was about to say, let's speed through this. But uh, I wrote down Brendan Fraser and Colin Farrell. And if I had to choose, I'm going to go with Brendan Fraser in The Whale. But what's funny about it is that if he wins the Oscar, he'll also be appearing on a low-rent CW show with Tom Welling this season called The Professionals. <laughs> Has anyone mm. Does anyone know that this show exists? The answer is no, they don't. No, I just love that he'll win an Oscar. And he's doing something like the lowest rent shit. I mean, he's on 
what's that DC comic show on HBO Max? I mean, I bless the man. I, I wish him the best. He's been in a lot of good stuff recently, but like, this is not, he did not see an Oscar coming uh, or stage anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to predict Brenda Frazier. It sounds like people think Best Actress is uh, an open field with a lot of contenders. I'm going to go with Michelle Yao in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Is that a bad pick? I feel no, like, I Katie, think I made, she I made a tw- bad pick. I made a tweet about this, and I'm just like, the, I feel like there's momentum. I feel like people want her to win. Yeah, she's doing I, all these didn't fashion shoots. She's, yeah. she's getting a Kirk Douglas tribute award. I, I mean, like when she showed up to Telluride, it, when she showed up to Telluride, it was like, okay, they're for real about this. Like, this is She happening. showed up in Toronto to receive a made-up award. Sure, but she showed up to Telluride to host a, an unannounced screening of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She hit up all the parties. I met her at a dinner. This is a huge brag. I don't give a shit because I never thought I would ever meet Michelle Yeoh. And she was the nicest person I've ever met in my life. It was amazing. She's one of those people who, like, as soon as you start talking to her, she'll, like, hold half of your arm as you speak and, like, look into to your eyes and oh laugh and tell you stories about children and you're just like i'm like dude she knows how she knows her power she's she also, knows how to yeah. use it in a million other things coming out like she is in avatar the way of the water of the water sure is. Awesome. and uh awesome. she is going to be in a witcher television show probably before Boo. the end of the year like but, she is uh, going to be everywhere and i, I, I everywhere all at once mm-hmm. sure is but i mean god and, and could not be more deserving uh, of that movie you know of her career but there is some competition. We'll get there. Anyone who's next? Uh, me, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. am. I'm gonna have to go wild card here. First of all, because I haven't seen the whale uh, or banshees, so I'm gonna go with stuff I've seen. This is gonna hamper me this far out. It's gonna be Ooh, bad, yes. but we're gonna go with it. We're gonna do Austin Butler, Viola Davis, and nice. see how I roll the dice. Um, uh, Viola Davis, the fact that she has a supporting Oscar, like this happens sometimes with very famous people. You're like, oh, they only have a supporting, they can win again. Um, that's not a crazy thing to do at all. No, no, I think I don't think, think Austin Butler's crazy either. Do you think Viola Davis has actual momentum, Katie? I don't know. I mean, that movie's a big hit, and she was the she's huge so engine good at that talking made it work. about it. That's what makes me think. Uh, that yeah, she's should, really good at talking about it. In. I don't man, all of the, the like Q and A clips that I see out of Toronto, or she did this, I think Essence magazine like roundtable man she is the best she can hype She's, up her movie you would you want viola davis to sell your movie that is yeah. for sure i have not seen that movie uh but i don't see that happening in this field but yeah Bur- viola davis is a perennial favorite so uh, we are about to talk about speaking it. of david you you could pick an actress now yeah this is so hard and it's also you know <laughs> i think sometimes having seen the movies is a big disadvantage uh, because just pick uh, uh, Margot Robbie then Be done. Uh, from Amsterdam. Oh boy, um, <laughs> from Babylon. Babylon. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean both both movies feel like they could overlap in the same. From Barbie, universe. she's gonna win for the Barbie set I mean, photos. Actually, a lot of people are gonna fucking win from Barbie if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> uh, I I really don't know. I think Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett and Tar are at 50-50 right now. Um, I so do gonna, think that sounds like you're gonna pick Kate Blanchett. My, my heart is with Michelle Yeoh. I want her to win. I think Kate Blanchett's performance in Tar is astounding and so forceful. And, uh, you know, I, I think it would be one of the best performances to win that Oscar in a very long time, as would Michelle Yeoh's. So I don't know. I think uh, Tar is going to be a tough sell overall, but I think that the Best Actress campaign could really power that one. Um, and when people see that movie, 
love it or hate it, and there will be plenty of people who fall into the latter camp, you cannot dismiss what Kate Blanchett does in there. So I will go with Kate Blanchett for the time being. And Katie, wrapping us up with your best actors. I have to go with Kate Blanchett too. That's the one I feel like the strongest about in a way, because I think even the people who hate Tar, like there's certainly going to be a contention of Oscar voters who hate everything everywhere all at once more and will be like, I can't vote for that. So whatever Kate Blanchett's doing, that's fine. I'll vote for her. Um, and before Tar played for people, I was like, she can't win a third Oscar. That's crazy. But I think she's going to win a third Oscar. So we doing 10 bucks, 10 bucks in the pool. So it's the most, yeah. it's the most points. We just like everything's one point and then yep. okay. Okay. tie. Keep it simple. The pot gets split out, you know, simple rules. All right. Yeah. So going over, everybody's going to put in 10 bucks somewhere between here and there. Our picks are <laughs> David, Fableman, Steven Spielberg, Brendan Fraser, Kate Blanchett, Katie, Babylon, Sarah Polly, Colin Farrell, Kate Blanchett, Patches, Top Gun, Maverick, Steven Spielberg, Brendan Fraser, Michelle Yeoh, Dave, Everything Everywhere All at Once, James Cameron, Austin Butler, Viola Davis. Man, I am broad, but there you go. Cats. I love that you bet on the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, but not Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to yeah. split the difference. <laughs> Dave's going to win in the multiverse. Another yeah, reality. Watch, watch it happen. I mean, the important thing is I won't care and I'll stay away from the Everything Donut uh, bagel. See you guys yeah. in the next segment. We can do. We're, I want to do a mini segment. It might not even be a full five minutes, but I needed someone else to talk to me about Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Robert Zemeckis's Pinocchio, which is on Disney Plus, which my children you watch inexplicably have been into. No. I've watched most of it. Listen, I've not watched the whole thing. They picked it. They like picked it on Disney Plus, and then like their cousins watched it, and so they watched it again. I have no idea what they liked about it. I don't know what they if they could tell me what they like about it, honestly. Um, but I want to know from Dave because Dave understands animation and CGI in a way that I do not. When this move, when Pinocchio leaves his house and he goes out in the world, he like tries to go to school. It looks so awful. It mm-hmm. looks like awful in a way, like brightly lit, flat garbage that I associate with like Shrek, like that level of like CGI. Dave, why does Pinocchio look so shitty? Uh, well, first of all, they decided to, in most shots, the majority of shots, give him a wooden texture on his face. That isn't actually a texture. It's a texture map. So okay. smooth, I don't know the difference. Smooth white boy Pinocchio doesn't actually have cracks where the, the rings of pine are supposed to be on his face. What it is is someone just took a picture of rings of pine and bent it around his face geometry. Yeah, he's made of Pollywood in this movie, actually, <laughs> uh, rather than real wood. Well, either but- way, I, I, um, the, the problem with that is when you light it brighter uh, and you want to keep his hat very bright yellow and his shorts, you know, Mickey red, um, you're not turning down like the level of saturation that would actually happen with less light. You're just brightening up what's there. And so you lose that entire texture map. And so he starts looking plastic the more you light him. Mm-hmm. Um, right, is this I... true of every character? Um, not necessarily because like, the new animals have like fur that is like diffusing uh, light in a different right. way. They've been redesigned to actually look more quote unquote realistic or at least play in the live action translation of, of the movie. Whereas Pinocchio just looks like the Pinocchio from the original 2D animated movie, except they, they did the thing where Homer walks through the 
portal in his house and becomes 3D Homer portal. Yes, everyone remembers that treehouse of horror because everyone's in their 30s. Oh, wait, Katie has never watched Simpsons. Sorry. Um, I've watched watched enough, but not that one. Yeah, so (laughs) it's it's, uh, the design points for Pinocchio are different from every other creature because every other creature sort of gets like a revamp. Even Jiminy Cricket, which I'm not a big fan of. Jiminy Cricket looks awful. At least that it has the exact same problem they had with the original Jiminy Cricket, which is the guy designed it and he drew a cricket and Walt's like, that's not cute. Make it look like a person. <laughs> and he's like, but it's a cricket. And so Jiminy Cricket has never looked like a cricket, but that's also what makes him charming. Here, it's just, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt and it's weird looking because it looks like he's wearing like a, like a half Harlequin mask instead of having like face pieces. Anyway, he has the exact same problem where they want to keep him brightly colored after he gets his blue fairy powers. So he starts off and I'm like, this Jiminy Cricket's fine. He gets magicked up and he's a conscience and they light him overly saturated like everything else. And then they do some dumb things. Sorry, Katie, I know this is beyond what you were asking. (laughs) In the Stromboli sequence, they give him a whole added sequence with a puppet, a woman puppeteer who speaks to Pinocchio through a puppet. And that puppet is so much better articulated than Pinocchio is. She does like Ooh. eye flutters and her eyes are recessed a little bit, like actual eyes. Whereas Pinocchio, they keep it flat. They don't extrude or they don't go back into his skull because they're supposed to be painted on. But basically, since the eyes are one of the most important parts of cartooning, anytime he's looking at something other than happy or surprise, you're like, that doesn't look right because like his brows don't cast any shadow on the top of his eyes are all these normal things, and they put him with characters in the same scene that have real lighting and refuse to just match that to Pinocchio for some reason. The second thing is, like, uh, this has hurt me the most. The original Pinocchio invented whole new ways of doing underwater, quote-unquote, photography for when he's, like, swimming around trying to get to Monstro or when he's inside Monstro of the way that they would put like a warped glass in front of uh, the exposure so it looked like it was underwater. This one has some of the worst water composition I've ever seen in my life. If you look at where things meet the water, it makes no sense. They do try to cover it up at some part because when you're in Monstro, the water is bioluminescent. So when Pinocchio's swimming, it kind of glows and casts a light on him. And that's cool, except they don't keep it consistent. So there's one shot that was so bad, I made... Java stopped watching reruns of The Office. And I pulled it up <laughs> on the big television. And I'm like, look Living at this. Living with you sounds so fun. Yeah, it's when uh, Jiminy Cricket's hopping to the boat as they're escaping Monstro. And he hops on. Uh, he's on like a floating piece of wood. And then he hops on a bottle. And then he hops on a rubber ducky toy. And then he hops on the oar that uh, Pinocchio's holding. And the bottle and the rubber ducky toy and the wood all have zero transparency when they cross under the waterline. So there's just this black line that looks like a matte line. It looks like a mistake. Um, and I only assume it's a mistake because when there are black lines on Geppetto's ship or there's fake water spraying on Tom Hanks, they just put so much visual noise in there you can't see it. But they're like very distinct black lines. It's someone got lazy. and the yeah, weird- So my question is like, is it because it's lazy or because like they were too rushed? Like why, why does something turn out so badly? I mean, I think they uh, were... I, I would expect Robert Zemeckis was like, let me redesign some things. And Disney was like, cool, but not the thing that we need to trademark to make money on for forever. That needs to look mm. the same. And so he did an attempt of, uh, you know, recreating that. And in the opening sequences, when he's being created and he's in Geppetto's workshop, 
and there's very little things for him to do. It really seems like they're having fun with, you know, like him being kind of off balance and getting used to be pulled up by a string by his, you know, the back of his neck and that sort of thing. All that just goes out the window when he has to do other shit and physics goes out the window in, in not in a fun cartoon way, uh, but in a way where it's like, why would you saddle yourself with this character who has wood limbs and like the most creative thing you could think to do with him is that he makes fire when he dances too fast. It's so annoying. And I think they know it because this movie ends without him turning into a real boy in a way that we can see. Mm-hmm. His like his wood texture, which we could barely see in the first place, just sort of fades away. And you see like the crux of his knees become the backs of real knees. And Jiminy Cricket's like, that's enough. See you later, everybody. Yeah, he's like, did he really turn into a real boy? Who knows? Please yeah. look away. It is too terrifying. <laughs> you will never unsee this ma- this little boy's face. Yeah, because it's... he would just look like so much worse than all the other actual real boys that are in this movie. I don't know why they did this to themselves. Awesome. It's such an ugly movie. No one should watch it. Uh, I'm Thank you, Dave, for watching We're enough of it. calling the cops too. on you for... Showing this to your children, Katie. What's they wrong with you? turned it on. They chose it. They've watched Lightyear so many times too, which, like, honestly, compared to Pinocchio, is like. To be honest, Avatar. I can't imagine like, showing my kid the original Pinocchio, which I remember being terrifying. Like, terrifying. I, I, yeah. yeah. And he I'm smokes sure and he drinks beer. It's it's fine. He drinks beer it's, in the new it, movie too. To be. He drinks root, root beer. beer. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's still in a big beer stein. The visual. I know. Is there. I, I, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, patches. It's, I mean, this, I'm surprised this happened happen to you. You lose control over the remote and who chooses what on Disney Plus, and then you I just kind of want to go do something else. And you're like, wait, why are you watching like Mickey Mouse mix up adventures for the fifth day in a row? And you just give pulling up, up yeah, the that's what, service front page. That's what like the Criterion the Blu-ray at the grocery store. So the forthcoming Criterion Blu-ray of Wally exists to counteract. That's what I was wondering in. if you were showing your your child Wally. I saw that you were if, because it was Criterion anointed. Is that is that what allows you to finally show? <laughs> no, uh, Ace's Wally obsession Canada. started okay. on a flight earlier this summer. <laughs> um, we watch Wally at least once every day now. That movie, I mean, the first I seventy minutes of it or so that we get through uh, is just incredible. I mean, like truly, truly that was our pandemic movie. So. Truly, uh, you know, the part until the the last act, like really like 70, 80 minutes, like more time than people give it credit for, is of a level that I would put, you know, uh, with Up like with the, the great Zemeckis first. And uh, like the, the Zemeckis is Pinocchio, <laughs> with, like, with like really some of the greatest movies ever made. I mean, it's like really astounding. Um, it's a masterpiece. It's, it's incredible. I, I never really thought I would feel that way about anything Pixar made, but um, when that movie is cooking, do you think it's, they'll it's re- like live action remake Pixar movies in the future? Not to I don't know. I do know that. Yeah. That's yeah. The, the worst possible question you could ask like in the Toy tail Story end of the segment. It's already run too long. Put a cork in it. I mean, you brought up Wally. It's not my fault. I mean, I mean let your wits so poorly that maybe right. we'll be spared from that, actually. No, no. They're going to be like, Brendan Fraser wins Oscar for The Whale. Wally on Criterion. Time for the live action Wally. Well, tune in next week when I give you all my report of how Asa handled it when the real toy Wally that I just spent 50 bucks on Amazon shows up in his apartment. Whoa. Awesome.
When you wish upon a star Make no difference who you are Anything your heart desires will come all right, to uh, wrap up this long episode, uh, we are going to talk about a movie that I think surprised people over the past weekend. It's called The Woman King. Um, it exceeded expectations, probably because they're... I'm looking at the movie calendar. There's not, not a not lot coming on. out right now. So if you want to see a good new movie, you're, you're, you're quite limited. Um, and The Woman King... I mean, I'm very curious how, how this movie played for you because when I saw it, I was pretty blown away. I was surprised. I, I guess I didn't know totally what to expect. This is the latest film from Gina Prince Bythewood. Um, it's weirdly produced by Maria Bello, who it was her idea. She pitched it to Viola Davis at an award show. Yeah, took a trip to Africa and learned about uh, this this the Dahomey tribe and the group of warriors known as the Agoji and um, and the all women faction. And just thought this was totally badass and was like, this should be a movie. And came back and, and made it a movie with the help of Viola Davis. And Viola Davis, my understanding is, went to Gina Prince-Bythewood, I think, after or right before, uh, oh, God, what is the Netflix, the, uh, the Old the Guard. Old Guard. Um, Good know, movie. Which we have talked about on this mm. podcast. Pretty slick. David doesn't care for it, but I, David hasn't seen The Woman King. I, I um, am very, no, my, my hopes are, because I'm, I'm a big Gina Prince Bythewood fan for the most part. I, it's just why yeah. I found the old guard so disappointing. And everything I I've heard about. No, I really, I really. I don't uh, think you're gonna like this. Really missed much. the mark for me. But no, but everything oh, I hear about. I don't know about that. Everything I hear about the Woman King sounds like uh, it addresses some of my problems with the old guard. Right, I hear well, that. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll so I, I am really excited to see this when I get a chance. But uh, yeah, Viola Davis went to to Gina. Was like, make this movie, and she's like, I've been dreaming of making movie i had a i had the luxury of after seeing it and and being kind of blown away by the woman king had the luxury of spending an hour with Gina prince bythewood talking about the making of this movie um and she her energy is so uh addictive we're just like she just loves making movies and make making like old-fashioned movies her her term is uh she said she sets out every time to like disrupt genre that's her whole thing and i think that's a great way of putting this because when i walked down the woman king i'm like I feel like I just saw kind of a gladiator movie from the 50s or I saw Braveheart, but in a totally mm. different setting. And it is old fashioned in that way. I think the biggest surprise about The Woman King, which stars Viola Davis as this woman in her 50s, a general leading uh, the Agoji tr troops in this incoming battle with the Oyo uh, kingdom who want to just kind of wipe out the Dahomey because... In the, in the framework, and we'll get into this with the history. This has been a bit of a controversy, I suppose, um, and we'll have to wade into this because it's so overshadowing a lot of the conversation about the actual movie. But um, the Oyo do trade slaves with the Dahomey, and this is a point of concern for the king of the Dahomey, played by John Boyega. And well, they trade point, slaves to the European slave traders. The Oyo do, but both, they also... Both tribes, both tribes yes, do. Everyone the, is trading slaves, which is a really interesting, like, Something that obviously wasn't a trailer selling point. I kind of blindsided me how much of the slave trade in Africa is a big part of this movie, but it's a point of concern for the two tribes, and they're just at war. Like they want to stop giving Oyo, the aggressive Oyo tribe, all of their shit. So uh, Viola Davis wants to lead her troops into battle finally with this, uh, maybe not all male tribe, but brutishly 
male tribe. Um, all of the guys they are fighting are like twice the size of the all female army. Um, but that doesn't matter because this all far female army just absolutely kicks ass. Uh, they are just jumping and scratching and spearing all sorts of people. Flipping. It is a Don't forget flipping. Big, lots lot of, of flipping. flipping. Tons of flipping. Um, and uh, to wind around to my earlier point about this movie kind of being old fashioned, it is a brutal action movie that has moments of like Disney esque heart. And, and kind of like old-fashioned beats um, about, uh, you know, the female friendship uh, and motherhood and romance. Um, and it can be, it could, it could have teetered into like cookie cutter and true like Disneyification of this. But I think it, maybe it's the brutality of the violence, maybe it's the stark depiction of slavery, but it all kind of like balanced itself out it could it could be that old-fashioned golden age hollywood epic and but you just said it was no it it is it's able to be that and something fresh and something realistic and and brutal it doesn't tip over into being schmaltzy for me ever i'm curious how it plays for you guys if if there are elements of it because i don't think this movie has totally gone over like completely well this isn't we're not talking about woman king best picture right now right but for me i'm talking about like one of the most satisfying movies I've seen this year. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I, oh, go, go I ahead, I, No, no, please. I think it is incredibly satisfying. I think it's not, like, slick story-wise the way that I think of, like, Top Gun Maverick, which is, like, you know, the other huge crowd-pleaser of the year um, that I can think of. Like, it feels... Like, it stops and starts in the way that the story moves. It makes me wonder if there's, like, a three-hour version that is a little bit smoother or, like, makes me wish they'd got more money to make it because it looks gorgeous with what they had, but you kind of, like, want more space for the whole thing to breathe. Um, But when it is moving and when you're with these characters and they are, like, dancing or training or talking to each other or Lashana Lynch is, like, smiling at someone because she never smiles when she does, it feels great. Um, it's so overwhelming. Like you just feel so enmeshed within the entire world of this movie. Um, so I agree with you with like, what a great time it is to watch. And like the historical thing I think is interesting. Cause I feel like I got the sense throughout that, like, this is a complicated history. It is really hard to talk about like all of these different tribes of Africa and the entire slave trade. Like you can't get all that in there, but you kind of sense the like historical details being simplified for the sake of telling a story, which doesn't bother me at all. Um, it's what movies have been doing for 100 yeah, exactly. years and great movies yeah. yeah it was just like so did, did gladiator really get into all the problems of ancient rome no it did mm, not because yeah. it did not need to um and i did think a lot being like god there's so much african history that i have never seen that has just never been dramatized in any movie like all of it basically i don't think i have ever seen an african historical epic epic at least that wasn't like out of africa which is not what we want to be seeing um so yeah, it may just kind of made my mind reel at all the possibilities of what else you could do um, from this entire continent of history that Hollywood has never bothered to dramatize. Yeah, I'm going to echo some of that. I think the story, uh, as Katie was pointing out, has some of its edges uh, sanded down and some conflicts expedited because this needs to exist in a movie. But I didn't I don't hold that against it. This is more like, um, I don't know, I could see this happening in with without this culture, but a very similar plot as sort of like an Arthurian rape revenge movie smashed together sort of thing. Cause it's like, we have these kingdoms and the kingdoms have morals, uh, but we don't have time to get into how complex that is. Instead, we have to uh, shunt it onto our heroes 
in a way where they can represent all the conflicts of our period of history or our legend or whatever uh, degree of those two things we want to mix. And I think the reason the Women King does so well and why I'm willing to like forget those other roundings and I didn't like have a problem with it at any time while I was watching it is the central performances are really, really good. And like Katie was saying, you get to the point where you're like, I just want to see them enjoy themselves. They don't have yeah. to fight this war right now. That's fine. Like is everyone's she, dancing for a while. Can we just stay there a little longer? Yeah, is Nawe gonna become a warrior? Like, let's see what happens. Like, she seems More, to, like you give me a training montage, man. I'm there. I'll I want hours of training montages. Can we talk about the obstacle course training that they oh my do God. in this movie and and how it puts so Wonder Woman similar training session to to shame and um has there ever been I I, I found myself like gnashing my teeth and covering my eyes throughout this movie uh as i you know i described it as very sweet at times but man it's quite violent and there's a scene where um the incoming agoji are are the trainees are running through bramble like sharp jagged bramble mm -hmm. and like and that's the first thing in the obstacle like, course yeah, yeah they have to climb over a wall what's wrong with this thing um and man it it looks tough. <laughs> I gotta say, the brutality, it's, the violence is so real and palpable. Um, freaked me out at times. And then again, because Gita Prince-Bythewood swings it in the other direction. Just like, has these like heart-to-hearts while they're luxuriating in beautiful tubs. Um, oh my god, that pool looks incredible. Um, this movie, and yeah, I, I, I was surprised. What do you make of Viola Davis? I, obviously, this is a passion project for her. This is something she really wanted to do i was thinking a lot about her in doubt uh weirdly and and how she forever has kind of like put herself out there and like in doubt it's like a blubbering nose drip scene and she got so much acclaim for just like letting herself rip and i, I think it's defined her career and it makes sense that she'd want to do an action movie um where she kind of just puts it all out there do you think do you think it works is she part of the liam neeson geriatrician uh, <laughs> genre now is she, she does she need a taken? I, mean, I I think I think it works. Picked her for best actress. I think it works because she manages to keep it restrained for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, because there are several times of this movie where I'm like, she's gonna crack now. Can't keep that all held in, and then like suddenly have these revelations and crack. But she doesn't. She keeps it together, and it isn't until I think the real uh, you know, division between does she do something for her kingdom or does she do something for herself and she finally seemingly for like the first time in like decades decides that might be the same thing um mm. is uh, like a great moment and it's not a huge wailing moment it's a quiet breaking moment that then is immediately built back up again um but like the her character is like covered in scars but also adornments and i think that sort of visually builds exactly who she is she's uh gained all of this uh respect um she is not really interested in playing politics beyond she just knows what's best for her kingdom she thinks uh but she's still willing to uh play her part and wear the adornments even though she's like literally held, holding herself together uh, underneath so all of that as someone who hasn't seen this movie but is very eager to can i just do a quick sidebar about Please. one of my favorite viola davis viola davis performances uh yeah. and this is no knock to viola davis in anything i mean it is a very sincere compliment the delta commercial that plays before takeoff <laughs> is fucking 
astounding. It's just her voiceover, but she gets realize. me so amped to travel around the world. It is crazy. And I hate flying. Every time I'm on a plane, I would rather be somebody, somewhere She's else. She's good at talking. I think that's probably true of most people flying on planes. But uh, she is so good at talking. But her voice kicks in. And I'm just like, and just showing me, showing me vistas of foreign cities around the world. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I want to travel, Daddy. You know, like, I'm just like, get me <laughs> off the ground. It makes me so hyped for the interconnectivity of our world, of our society, the civilization that we have, our ability to go from one hemisphere to another in the span of a single day. Mind-blowing. Man, Delta really got that one right by hiring her. Uh, this think, is not to impugn her skills well, in feature films, uh, but just to say how potent she can be, even in the smallest of doses. I was going to say that she has this gravitas, which is what you're talking about, I think, Dave. That, that can be used really cheaply, or hopefully Delta paid her a lot of money. I'm sure they did. Um, just being like, Viola Davis starts talking, like Morgan Freeman in a way, where it's just like, well, this ah, is what the Suicide yes, Squad I am in the hands. Is. This is what the sure, DC but, films have done with Well, she, I mean, she's been working for such a long time, like before the help, especially, like she would just be in all kinds of nonsense. And like the help and doubt were what kind of gave her the sense of being like, ah, yes, great actress Viola Davis is here. And, you know, Meryl Streep has some of this too. And I think the Woman King plays off of that. It is like movie star persona classic stuff, like what you would see in an old school Hollywood epic, what you see in Top Gun Maverick in some ways. Like only she could do this role, only she could bring to it what she had, like the off screen sense that she is someone who is in charge and the tension of her character who is in charge, but has moments of struggle and has like moments of reflecting on her past choices. And like you feel nervous about watching her crumble because it's like watching the president fall apart. Um, and then she picks herself back up again. It's just really great work in concert b between a film and a movie star and really yeah. bringing out the best in both. And of it each seems other. like she, I mean, to the point of the Delta commercial, <laughs> I guess, uh, like she could still keep it grounded. Yes, it's a movie star performance, but I don't think there are these kind of movie star caveats that we sometimes detect in movies where it's like, make sure my lighting's good or make sure I'm like placed higher than the people I'm talking to in mm. scenes or something you know like the, the blocking does not treat her as a movie star and, and neither does the drama i find mm, it the sometimes character... does well i, I think mean, every time you see her in that pool you're like oh shit i'm scared <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's like the powerful. only one in that pool when that's you see her in that pool well in a in a kind of like badass i'm like looking at the wounds way i mean it's not it's not a regal performance it's not uh I, I, look this is a movie that deals with sexual violence in a pretty intense and uh, unexpected way. Like, it's not something I thought we'd, it would delve into, just be, simply because of how classic uh, the drama ends up being, or classic Hollywood, as we've been noting. But she's this character is dealing with a, a past of, of sexual violence, and it dips into that. And again, it just gives her this freedom to be flawed. Well, not flawed. Uh, you know, have, have this past of, like, this tough past, and, and to she has to have this demeanor of being the general and commanding everyone and feeling no pain. That's a big thing with the Agachi. Like they literally hold spears against their chest and push into each other to see who can last the longest. Um, and, and the flaw of it all is just like, she is human. She is dimensional and she is harboring these feelings from the past. And I find any time that the past creeps into her performance and into the movie itself, it's so, it's so powerful, and and this woman that they found to bounce off her, who I wasn't too familiar with, I, uh, Thuso Mbedu, uh, who was in Underground Railroad. <laughs> Thuso Mbedu. Mbedu, okay, sure. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, just like... I had never seen her. 
uh, except on the railroad. has been doing a uncommonly good job so far. Thank this, you. This I know, I know. And so I, I no, you know, want to let him off. Um, she is amazing. I, I she's she's amazing. Mine. She is playing nineteen in this movie. It is thirty. Um, oh wow! Like a oh stunning yeah. Person. Um, but man, she she has so much, so many different kinds of energy running through this. Like you have to be tough. You have to be the war warrior. But she is our entryway into like, is this are the Agoji a kind of um, like archaic institution? Should there be because they they have this kind of people of the cloth type reputation. They do not interact with men. They do not have personal lives. Uh, they are warriors and she is, she wants to, she has a romance in the movie um, that is played out let's in a very satisfying romance. way. Yeah, let's talk mm-hmm. about that romance uh, because it is, I think it's inverted enough that it is, it is clever and it is good that she's kind of entranced by a man of, uh, who, who has gone to Portugal? Who has gone to Portugal? He's European. He's, Bra- he's, he's, he's Brazilian. I thought he went. He talks, uh, he talks oh, about he being Brazilian. from Brazil. Oh, okay. No, he's from the Dahomey tribe, actually. Or his mother. Yeah, is, no, but like, I think he's speaking Portuguese. Right. I believe he is coming right, there right, from right. Brazil. They're all. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, what do, you, what do you make of the romance, Katie? I, I hear some skepticism. I, I, I just I could have watched an entire movie without that subplot on it at all. I just didn't see the purpose of it, uh, especially when it gets to a point where, it, you know, not to spoil too much, but you're. You know, she's got this romance with this guy and then she's got this tribe and like, can she choose? I'm just like, of course, like, what? No, of course she's not going to choose him. What the and fuck? She, like, well, I was insulted that it would want me to think that. I, like, think, Eve, the whole I t- think that's preying on mainstream audiences in a way that's like, oh, she's going to have a romance. <laughs> but actually, I mean, minor spoiler alert, jump ahead 30 seconds for people who haven't seen the movie. All she does is fuck the guy and go back to fighting people. Good for her. I think her. there is a moment where you were supposed to sit in uncertainty about what she will choose. She and grabs that, the to knife me, out felt of insulting. Like, Get away from me. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean more toward the end. I just, I, I just, if it was that or spending more time watching the Agoji like training or like in the like dances in the, in front of the king, like I would take group stuff anytime. Like I resent the time that I spent on that as opposed to other stuff. That's fair. Well, she, Soon after, I think starts I'm... brutally murdering people <laughs> in the uh, <laughs> European port or in the Brazilian port. So there you go. Also, just the way that like that guy is like supposed to be like, well, we needed a character who under who learns that slavery is bad. Like we just needed some, like, we needed a slaver to really get his comeuppance. It felt very studio notesy. Like I think the way this movie deals with the well... slave trade is interesting. I, I'm not saying it's the only way they could have done it, but I just don't think we needed like a. Ah, someone has learned that it's wrong to it sell. It would have people. been it would have been studio notesy if the Portuguese guy who he's pals with, who runs the kind of dynasty of slave trade, if he was the character who was like, hmm, slavery is bad, actually. <laughs> uh, but this guy is Dahomey born, or at least his mother was, and then left for Brazil and then is now coming back and he is caught. I think was two... sold to Brazil is what we're supposed to understand, right? He, right? He... Like she didn't lose lose by choice. Oh yeah, that's probably right. Um, as many of the people, but he he came um, back by choice, so it's like things worked yes. out. All the he's he caught just between needs... worlds. That's interesting conflict. I mean, he. I think he is the modern world, and the Dahomey is a different type of world, and she's the one who's trapped between worlds. And what we learn is you could kind of fuck and fuck around and find out, and could just go back. She just, which she's is a perfectly fine. Well, there's oh, also something interesting where it's like, uh. I guess another minor spoiler, but you guys will figure it out when you see the movie, because you should see the movie. Um, she was uh, 
apparently raised uh, for a period of time by Christian missionaries. And when she sees him at first, one of the first things she latches onto is he's wearing a cross. So there's mm-hmm. her whole life has been being rejected from the two places that she thinks she's supposed to be belonged. And I think here she tests out both sides. It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. She's okay. uh, until she pulls the sword from the stone. We don't know where she's supposed to be, you know, but uh, she she learns. I just eh. it felt very obvious to me, like I, I, as, a lot as, of as terrible as I would be as an Agoji, like that does not seem like a tough choice. In to retrospect, me. I think a lot of this movie is obvious, but again, the performances keep it uh, nuanced yes. and keep it focused. I agree. Even well, if you the want it to be classic, kind of, right? Like, yes. if you, like you want to see a movie that hits these classic beats with characters yes. that you have not seen before, which is exactly what this yeah. does. I right. think the only thing that betrays it is there are sometimes I think the score becomes like generic happy strings. Oh, I wanted to ask you guys about the store score because uh, I do like Terrence Blanchard, and it kind of blew me away. I I love all the drums and everything going on in the score. Oh yeah, the, I think the authentic the ones are great, but there's some like. And then the army won. So, and that was like, oh, <laughs> uh-huh. fuck I know, I know that Katie really hated the the Five Bloods Terrence Blanchard score. So I, I really wonder, did. I You're wondered how this right. played for you because <laughs> it's also kind yeah. of a wartime score, and uh, it's so important to the well, movie. Well, it kind of felt in another way to me where like like there were some shots of like it would be an insert shot of a of a giraffe to like tell you that you're in there in the jungle. It felt like it was kind of patching where they didn't have the budget to go as big. Like I want right. like the expansive three hour huge vistas version of this movie that was not possible to make. And what they made, what they made with the budget they had is pretty astounding, but it felt like the score was picking up some of the slack there, which is fine. Like it did, it didn't stand out to me the same way. Is it a good action movie? To wrap Definitely. Up? Action's great. Yeah, I think so. I got like that, that opening the, sequence where they're the, like sneaking in the jungle at night and you could like tell, because, you know, it's like the, the it's so dark that it's hard to tell which the bodies are, but the Agoji are like oiled so you yeah. can see which ones are them. I was gonna bring the that shiny up. ones. That's it's the great. greatest design slash historical fact used in concert, which is like before they go into battle, they oil themselves up to make them harder to grip, which also yep. means they're lit great no yep. matter when it is. Yeah, uh, that, really, that really stood out to me because I just feel, I mean, this is a big conversation in cinematography today where it's like, can anyone light? black actors and especially dark skinned actors in it mm-hmm. in, in a way where they are popping off screen i'm glad light, you brought that up because i was yeah, also and, thinking and, about that while the movie was happening and i'm and, like uh, i think it's just because we were around for a different time of cinema first of all where people didn't know how to do it but didn't like kodak film have trouble differentiating from different black skin tones for like decades yeah this has been a huge hundred year problem but i i now want to in our in, in my interview with gina she mentioned that uh, one of the actors in the film was in a film recently. Uh, th- th- this is a blind item that we should figure out because apparently she watched it and was like, "Why can't they lack? Well, why can't they light a black actress at all? Like, why is she disappearing?" And I think it's Lashana Lynch, probably in Bond, in uh, whatever, No huh. Time to Die or whatever. Oh, there's tons of I night think scenes in that one. I, it's probably the woman who is in both uh, Pinocchio and Doctor Strange: <laughs> Multiverse of Madness. Oh, oh. Sheila Atim. Yeah. Is she, is she yes. in Pinocchio? Yeah, she's the like the she's the school teacher, I think. It oh all my god. comes full circle on this podcast. Oh my god, Sheila but, team, you deserve but, so much better. She's so good in this movie. It would be funny if that's the scene where she is poorly lit because Katie, that's also the scene you're calling out where Pinocchio's just poorly lit. <laughs> just as a mecha's just fucked up one scene so bad. 
Okay, we don't know for sure. But uh, the Woman King in theaters, it's you out. should see it. There's nothing yeah. else to oh, see. You should definitely. No, I... Barbarian. You could see Barbarian. I think people okay. also should. But the Woman King, I think, is for more people, whereas Barbarian's for a very specific. I feel sect like of people, people Barbarian at this movie. Barbarian is the closest that 2022 has to offer to an empty man, uh, just in terms of this original horror movie that comes out of nowhere and you have absolutely no idea where it's going to take you. Um, didn't quite hit me eh, with the same, you know, lingering power that the empty man did, but it is a lot of fun. But also the yeah. woman king. But also the yeah. woman king. I can't also wait to see king. the woman king. I, I did sneak <laughs> out to see Barbarian. Um, I, yeah, maybe I'll take Asa see the woman king we'll yeah. do a wally woman king double feature this weekend perfect to so the w's that does it for this week's show next week we're getting back on our schedule of uh, knowing what we're talking about ahead of time so we're going to talk about don't worry darling heard of it some people are in it who you <laughs> might care about. Uh, in the meantime, tell the people who you are. I'm Matt Patches, deputy editor of Polygon, and I'm on Twitter. Why do you at talk like that, Mr. Though? Patches? What is what is the what am I doing? What voice am I doing? Deputy editor. Deputy of editor. I don't know. I didn't realize I was a voice. Unique anyway. New York. Yeah, I'm doing my exercises. <laughs> I'm telling. Anyway, Jesus, it's uh, fightingtheworm.com. You can all these hijinks you're listening to right now. You can get a million other episodes. Are there a million other ones, Dave? Yeah, I, at least one million episodes on I'm sure we're, I'm sure we're over actual 500 episodes and all our little like point fives review episodes and stuff. So go check it out. Like 500 episodes. I'm David Ehrlich. Uh, I'm tempted. Let's. I want to pull up Matt Patch's interview with Gina Prince Bidewood and read the top comments. <laughs> See what they say. Uh, Ice. The first comment is by Icy Wiener. That's all. Leave it there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I am David Ehrlich. As I said, I am the chief phone critic for IndieWire. You can find me on Twitter, David Ehrlich. Find me on IndieWire. I wrote a whole bunch of reviews, more than a score of reviews of movies at the festivals this fall. Tell your ride, Venice, Toronto. Um, that are trickling out over the next few months. If you want to go read those, uh, I'm writing about Amsterdam at the moment. It'll be next week. But more importantly, you can find us all on iTunes, Fighting in the War Room. Leave us a review about the show. We'll read it live on the air. Is that what we do? We have the air, it's live? I don't know. Uh, There's air, I'm breathing air. Mm-hmm. Or so you think, unless oh, I was about to spoil an upcoming movie, but I won't. Um, Pinocchio. Yes. Uh, Dave, take it away. Uh, I'm Dave Gonzalez. I spell that D-A-7-E on Twitter, and I, I'm not going to try plug trial by content. You guys are probably listening to that. Whatever. We're doing House of the Dragon. If you like that, you're listening to it. But Neil Miller of Film School Rejects and I, we have a Patreon we inherited. If you go to patreon.com slash D-A-7-E and Neil, uh, we do a podcast where every week we not only talk about your favorite fantasy shows, but we spotlight a movie that we talk about in order to uh, increase everybody's film literacy, filmmaking literacy specifically. We just did two months about dragons that covered everything from traditional matting to making uh, programming so that scales don't overlap for digital models. We covered a lot of dragons, uh, but go check that out on Patreon. If you could email us a review if uh, if you don't have access to the iTunes store or the podcast app, 
at fitwr.podcast at gmail.com and uh, we will also read those live. We, we take we take all input. Uh, and I'm Katie Rich. You can find me uh, at Vanity Fair on Little Gold Men where we're talking much more and with far less certainty in our predictions about the Oscar race, which uh, you can decide if you like that better or not. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. And we're all on Twitter at F-I-T-W-R or we would of course love to hear your Oscar predictions or you can answer this week's lightning round question which was in honor of the re-release of Avatar don't scroll back and listen to David's answer what is the character name of the antagonist played by Stephen Lang <laughs> thanks for listening we'll be back talking to you next week